Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, no vaccination, no service. San Francisco is getting ready to become the first major city in the country to require proof of inoculation against the coronavirus for indoor activities like going to restaurants, working out at gyms, and attending many big sporting and entertainment events. The move, effective in one week, August 20th, comes amid the surge of the Delta variant. And it comes in a city with a strong vaccination rate of nearly 80% of eligible people. So, why is San Francisco doing it? And what is the reaction by businesses and their customers? My guests are Trisha Thadani, a City Hall reporter at The Chronicle, and Janelle Bitker, a food reporter who's been talking to a bunch of restaurant owners in recent weeks who've decided to go out on their own and put in vax mandates. We'll get to Janelle in a minute, but first, Trisha Thadani. Trisha, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Trisha, tell us about San Francisco's decision here. So this was big news in San Francisco Thursday. Um, We are the first major city in the country to require full proof of vaccination for anyone who wants to come into a bar or a restaurant. And this is something that uh, city leaders, particularly Mayor London Breed, have been mulling for a while and they've wanted to do, but there's been, you know, all these logistical um, and sort of legal hurdles that they had to get around. But not only is it a big decision for the city, but it's also a really big statement um, where the city is basically saying, if you're not vaccinated, we've given you all of these opportunities to get vaccinated. If you've chosen not to be, now it's basically going to be a little bit harder for you to sort of interact in public without it. So why'd they do it? Is it is it safety? Is it incentivizing these last people to get vaccinated? Definitely safety first. Um, you know, at this point, we are struggling um, with a major surge in the Delta variant. Um, and we're seeing, you know, a really alarming rise in cases and hospitalizations, mostly among those who are unvaccinated. So this, like, first and foremost, this is about protecting people against COVID-19. It's also, you know, we have, we do already have a really high vaccination rate in the city. Um, Currently, we are 80% of the eligible population is vaccinated in San Francisco. So the hope is that by putting this mandate in, basically making it harder for people who are unvaccinated to go to bars, to go to restaurants, to go to sporting events, that this will sort of push them over the edge. Yeah, we've seen some evidence around the country that that kind of things does work. Uh, Trisha, can you go over the basics? I mean, who is subject to this? How is it enforced? So anyone who wants to go into a bar or restaurant or to a concert or to an indoor sporting game is going to be subject to this. Um, And the way it works is actually is pretty straightforward. So let's say you're going to a bar. Um, You need to show your ID to a bouncer anyways. So now instead of just asking for your ID, they will also ask for um, your vaccination card. Um, So that can come in the form of you can have your physical card if you remember to take it with you, or you can show them, um, you know, a picture of it or uh, California Department of Public Health has a QR code that you can pull up. Um, So they're trying to make it as simple and as low barrier as possible, um, both for the patron and for the employees that are going to have to check this now. 
Okay, and can you show, like we've seen in some other rules, a, a test, a negative test for coronavirus? Not in San Francisco. So that's what makes this one, um, this mandate particularly strict and notable is that the city is saying you can't even substitute a negative test. Um, the only thing that will allow you to get into these establishments absent a medical or religious exemption is that COVID-19 vaccine. All right. And what about other Bay Area counties? A lot of the counties in the past with rules have been kind of in lockstep. What happened here? This is actually a pretty interesting divergence here. So as you said, during the pandemic, you know, we had all of the Bay Area counties, we locked down together, we had mass, we imposed mass mandates together. This is really the first time that you've seen San Francisco, like really charge ahead on its own. Um, we asked a bunch of other Bay Area counties um, if they, based on this news, if they were going to do the same thing. And we heard, in particular, we heard back from Alameda, Marin, uh, Napa, and San Mateo, who said that they don't have plans to do it at this time. That could cause some interesting tensions here, where if in, you know, because we are so regionally close, to have different rules in different counties could complicate things. Well, sure, we've obviously seen that in the past. Um, but I want to I want to break it down a little bit in terms of who's subject to it. I mean, is what about where the Giants play at Oracle Park? What about for events at Chase Center down the street where the Warriors play? And what about at places, restaurants that are doing indoor seating, outdoor seating, and takeout? So this strictly applies to indoor venues where people are eating and drinking inside. So at Oracle Park, for example, which is outside, um, there will not be this requirement. But officials are strongly urging, you know, um, those who run these venues to check vaccine cards. Um, the other distinction is that if you're just going in to maybe pick up a cup of coffee at your local coffee shop or to um, pick up a to-go order um, from a restaurant, you won't be forced to show your vaccination card. And also places like grocery stores or retail shops, you also likely won't have to deal with showing your vaccination card at these places. When the city laid this down, Tricia, what was the immediate reaction from some of the restaurants and other businesses that are going to be subject to it? So far, it's been pretty positive. Um, I mean, a lot of these places have been doing it to begin with. So in San Francisco, our Bar Alliance, which represents about 500 bars in the city, they put down a pretty strong recommendation that um, bars need to ask for proof of vaccination. So over the last few weeks, you know, it was pretty common if you were going to a bar to be asked to show your card. And it has gone pretty smoothly. I mean, save for a couple of, you know, people who were not excited to be asked for their vaccination card or weren't vaccinated. Um, you know, overwhelmingly, bars and restaurants have said that this is this has really been, uh, you know, Ben Blyman of the Bar Alliance called it a nothing burger. So the sentiment has been pretty positive for the most part. Um, some bar and restaurant owners that I spoke to today said they were really happy that the city um, had actually decided to do a mandate because it essentially gives them cover. So if they come across customers who are not too happy with the fact that they need to show their vaccination card, now they can point to a law and a rule that is making them do this. Yeah, I had no choice. It's not politics. It's the rules. Exactly. Trisha, I want to come back to the fact that some counties aren't doing this. There's obviously uh, some downside that people are seeing or else everyone would do it immediately. Uh, is there some tension and, and some downside that people see? So politics is definitely one of them. I mean, something we're seeing on the federal level is that, um, you know, our president don't, doesn't want to impose such a mandate because he might isolate uh, people on the opposite side of the political spectrum who don't want that. Uh, in San Francisco, um, 
where you already have high vaccination rates, that wasn't as big of a concern, but I'm sure it was a consideration in, in London Breed's office when they were trying to figure this out. Um, another thing is equity. Um, I mean, we've been hearing a lot about um, vaccine hesitancy among certain populations, and the city wants to be conscious of not shutting out certain communities. I asked Lori Thomas of the Golden Gate Restaurant Association about this question and this tension, and she was sympathetic to it. Um, but she also said dining out and going to a bar is not a right. It is something that you're choosing to do. So, you know, at this point, the evidence is overwhelming that these vaccines are effective. So if someone is choosing not to protect themselves and others against it, they're not you're going to find some bar and restaurant owners that aren't as sympathetic to that. Trisha, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. We're going to take a quick break on Fifth and Mission. When we come back, I'll be joined by food reporter Janelle Bitker. She's going to be talking to restaurant owners who've been doing vaccination mandates for a while and see what their experience has been like. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support this show and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa. I'm now joined by Chronicle food reporter Janelle Bitker. Janelle, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Janelle, you've been talking to a bunch of restaurants around the Bay Area that had taken it upon themselves to put in a vaccine mandate and kind of see what the experience was. What has their experience been like so far? It's actually been pretty smooth. I think a lot of restaurant owners were nervous about taking what seems like such a dramatic step to ban unvaccinated people from their interiors. Um, but a lot of people in the Bay Area are vaccinated and supportive of the policy. So by and large, the people who are actually showing up in person to these restaurants are not causing a scene. Um, on the flip side, there are some very negative online reviews happening, but it seems like it's mostly from people in other cities. I see. Out-of-state Yelp reviews. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's let's just start at the beginning, though. Why did they do it specifically? Was it more about keeping customers safe, staff safe? I think it's both. Um, really, it's about the Delta variant. And a lot of restaurants started getting these breakthrough cases on staff, fully vaccinated employees, um, thinking they were safe and then having to call in sick. And restaurants are in this huge staffing struggle right now. So having one person unavailable to work is really detrimental, having to shut down so everyone can get tested. It's a pretty big deal for a lot of these small restaurants. So to try to avoid that situation and also keep customers as safe as possible, um, it seemed like a no-brainer to a lot of these people. But they were worried, right? I mean, it, it does feel like it's become so political and, you know, for a restaurant that maybe isn't, you know, doesn't have lines out the door, it seems like there could be a lot of fear. Yeah, there's a lot of fear. And we've also been hearing about a lot of honestly awful customers lately. Um, there's something about people being locked up inside for so long and then coming out and then expecting things to be normal and expecting service to be great. Um, there's just been a lot of anger generally 
about little things or about nothing. So I think it's totally valid that some restaurant owners were really scared of what could happen at the door if the wrong person shows up and and not wanting their hosts to have to deal with it. Um, I talked to the owner of Pacifica Brewery today. Um, They're not doing this. They don't have to do this yet, but they're worried that San Mateo County is going to follow San Francisco in the future, and they really, really don't want that to happen um, for many reasons, but one of them being that customers are already telling them, if you do this, we're not coming. Wow. Okay. Janelle, let's talk about a few of the restaurants that you've been speaking to and the experience. There's been sort of a range of experiences. You mentioned San Jose Bar Haberdasher. How did they do it? How did they go about making the mandate? Haberdasher started very early, um, June 16th, right after the reopening. The bar reopened indoors after being closed for a long time. Um, The owner told me that it was a little challenging in the beginning because no one expected it to happen. Um, people were not used to the idea of it. So there was, you know, some fumbling in the in the entryway and that sort of thing. But um, it sounded like it wasn't that big of a deal. They got through it and now regulars know they show up with their vaccine card and their IDs out. Um, and they developed this little script for when there's a new person who might have some questions and um, the owner seems really pleased about it. All right. Now, other places seem to kind of come up with their own scripts, right? To make sure people weren't surprised. Yeah. To just be ready for if there's questions about, you know, why are you doing this? What sort of forms of proof do you accept? Um, And in this case, the last thing is to hand over his business card if someone is really yelling at the bouncer. But we haven't seen the kind of viral incidents that we've seen in some other states where people get really upset. No, not that I've heard. Um, I think the worst specific incident was at the Alambic uh, in the hate, and that was people threatening to cough on bar staff because um, they were unvaccinated and did not want to show proof. Um, but otherwise I have not seen any videos come around and I haven't heard of anything that disastrous or alarming. Janelle, you made sort of a distinction between places that kind of flew under the radar and dealt with their clientele, telling them of the new rule and other places that were really in the news and out front with the mandate and, and, and sort of leading by example. Yeah. The places that did it really early. So reporters came calling or were just very outspoken about the policy because they believe in it so much. Um, Seem to be the ones that are facing the most harassment. Um, Seven Stills is a brewery and distillery in San Francisco. And the owner told me he feels like he's become this poster child for the movement because he's been in a lot of local news, um, picked up nationally, was on Fox News. And It's been hard on him. He's gotten this huge flood of phone calls, voicemails, emails, um, negative Yelp reviews, negative Google reviews, and people calling him a fascist or a Nazi or all of these things that are unfortunately somewhat common, it seems. Um, But it's been hard on him, and business has 
not been going so well lately, but it's hard to tell if it's because of outrage over this policy or just because it's a slow time. So you've been writing about this issue in a larger way for the last couple of years in terms of how much politics restaurants want to put out there because they have a, a clientele they want to attract. But some people would prefer that that the restaurants take a stand. Where are we at currently with that? How much politics do restaurants in the Bay Area want to put out there? That's a great question. Um, I think a lot of restaurants are very proud of their policies and they're putting them on social media and designing cool flyers for them. And they want to be known as these safety-minded establishments and they're not afraid of the online backlash. But plenty others, I think, from really just a logistical, practical standpoint, don't want to deal with it. And it's already hard enough to operate right now with the pandemic and the lack of staff. So why just add this extra challenge? All right, Janelle, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks to my guests today, Chronicle reporters Trisha Thadani and Janelle Bitker, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.